everyone, and welcome to the That's My Sister podcast. I am Tiara, and that's my sister, Lenora. Hello. We miss you guys so much. We did. <laughs> so what have you been up to, Lenora, since our last podcast? What's happening? So Nora moved back to, to Chicago, Illinois. Um because she has a beautiful niece that her sister gifted her with. That is her favorite person alive literally now. Um, Oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. (laughs) She is. (laughs) Um, Lots lots has happened. And I just see God's grace in me moving back. Like, um, I really wasn't able to when I was away keep up with my grandfather as much because he's like constantly, you know, away from his phone or when I did call, I couldn't get to him and all of this. So we talked to him maybe monthly, but uh, moving back the past couple of months have been really good because I got a chance to spend time with him before he went to heaven. Um, I'm literally tearing up right now, but I think that's, that was really like, I think God allowed that for me just like special for me. So I appreciate that because I think um, I might have grieved a little harder if I wasn't here to actually just be there for him or be able to help, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Um, and yeah, so, you know, I got my little slanky little apartment and went and I got, I got well, furniture and, you know. <laughs> we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. <laughs> we're glad you're here. What's been up with you? Uh, not much. Well, yeah, I'm back at work since the last time we talked. I think I wasn't working. I was still on maternity leave, so I'm back at work now. The baby's in daycare, and uh, so just juggling that mom life, wife life, and uh, corporate life, and still trying to have my own life all in the middle <laughs> of everything, so... Praise God, I already was a planner, but one thing you learn when you have a family, you can plan all you want to, and then life happens, and you just adjust. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Time is flying. She's already two. I can't believe it, but yeah, it's been good times. Oh, well, what were we talking about today? So today, we wanted to talk about what a lot of folks in christendom are talking about one of the leaders of our faith that uh has a national presence maybe even worldwide presence i know at one time he did i don't know if he still has the same influence but creflo dollar came out last month and preached and told his congregation to throw away every book tape article, sermon, whatever they have that he had written or taught on tithing because he was incorrect in some of his teaching. And so all of Christendom, not all of it, but a lot of it who did subscribe, who do subscribe to tithing are raising eyebrows, clutching pearls, gasping, and, um, pointing fingers now and so we wanted to talk about it and our give our views and first of all just for clarity 
I've only listened to this, um, the longer clip that he did. I have not listened to the whole sermon, but I did listen to enough of it. I feel that I can speak on it. Did you listen to the whole sermon? The original sermon, no, but the recanter where he came back after, I guess, the news got out. Mm-hmm. I and like went into depth about like what he was saying. I have watched, um, so yeah, got you. But when I wa- listened to what he, said, he pretty much was saying, tithing is under the law because we are under Jesus, we are with Jesus, we are no longer subject to the law, we are subject to grace. And the way that tithing was taught, even for us growing up, I know that it was taught to us. A lot of preachers had preached that if people failed to tithe, if they failed to give 10% of their income, anything that came in, they would be under the curse. They would be under a curse. Their money would be cursed. Their bank accounts would be cursed. They wouldn't be blessed. They wouldn't be able to live the abundant life because they were not tithing. Mm-hmm. So Pastor Kreplo was saying, technically that's not true because we are under grace. And because of grace, he even brought up the scripture, there is therefore no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus. And he's saying, because we are under grace, we are not required to tithe. But since we are under grace, it gives us the opportunity to give freely of our hearts. And how much more under grace should we be willing to give rather than being subject to the law of tithing? That's it in a nutshell, I think I can say. So what are your thoughts on that, Lenora? So I'm going to go into like what I listened to and what he was saying. So pretty much, right, like he took it from the tithe and then went into more into depth about like just everything under law so that you can understand the word. And so um just kind of like explaining or breaking down forgiveness and explaining or breaking down well he did break down tithing and how it was back in the day right like so apparently when you were doing the tithing you were giving 10 percent of the harvest and he explained like harvest was not something that was even weekly he's like harvest back then was like once a year every season mm-hmm. and then he's like once every seven years they didn't give anything because the land had to refurbish okay. itself or whatever you had to make the land rest or something like that so he's saying like some of the stuff that is wrong is when he's like what i'm saying is wrong is when pastors are making their audience feel guilty, condemned, or um, tell them that they're going to hell or they're under a curse if they don't tithe. He said that's absolutely not the truth because Jesus died on the cross and grace stepped into that and we're not under law anymore. So that made sense to me. Do you agree with what he said? I can say I agree in that. I don't tithe. Mm-hmm. Um, the past two or three years, haven't really. Like, I do give, but I don't. I don't tithe. Um, I haven't really. The past two or three years, 
like every time I get paid, I'm giving to the church. I, in that definition of tithing, mm-hmm. I haven't, and I'm I've lived. This is like the most blessed I've ever been in my life. Like swear to, well not swear to God, sorry, but <laughs> God has put me like financially in a space where I'm just like, wow, Lord, you know. Um, and my giving has changed in a way where I I do intentionally give, um, but my giving is giving to people in need. I every time I get paid, I look for someone that's in need, and then I fulfill that need, right? So. Um, it's something I privately do on my own. I just kind of notice here or there, or I'll send someone some money like just to bless them. Um, I will, you know, kind of like just give give in in that sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm at church and I happen to give some money, I will. But no. Um, that's kind of what I've been doing as far as, as my tithing or giving. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's something that Pastor Kreplo was teaching too. Like if you're going to give, give from your heart and God will bless you for what you give from your heart. And I don't even add it up anymore. Like, I don't know if it's 10%, but I'm pretty sure it's probably way more than 10% the way I give. You know, um, so I'm when I get like I tithe, but I think it's more more so out of like habit because that's what I've done all my life. Gotcha. So always like, yeah, I get paid. I'm I have a my tithe, and then I have my offering on top of that that I give, and I think it maybe was last year where I was taking a class for. Um, something else and I've sown seeds before but um the lady she was just talking about how she gives into other ministries that are doing what she wants to do and I was just like wow that's a unique way for me to like look at giving my offering I still was seeing it as like my offering not necessarily my tithe but I agree with what he said when he was preaching and teaching on it it just made it makes sense like no one should feel condemned even in scripture we're told like God loves a cheerful giver no one should give out of you know pressure or uh, give out of guilt because they feel like they have to but in the same way a lot of preachers and teachers I feel when it comes to teaching on tithes and offering or taking up the offering during services they kind of use those manipulative words to make people people feel guilty if they don't tithe or if they don't you know give and so I I have always tithed but um it just helps me to you know know that you know I'm still a cheerful giver I'm still gonna give I'm still gonna tithe but knowing that it's not necessarily because I'm trying to be free from a curse or because um, God is requiring it of me. but right. um, and, and I'll even say, like, the way our dad taught us, I remember very clearly dad breaking down tithing and then saying, like, if you guys don't have groceries in your house, then don't worry about tithing. Like, God is not a God that's going to take from your provision. Like, if you're on mm-hmm. hard times, then mm-hmm. he doesn't want 
he's not trying to make you suffer to give your absolute last. Like there are examples of people that have given their last out of faith and God has blessed them, mm-hmm. but provide for your family. Like don't, don't give what you don't have to give. Right. So um, we kind of did grow up in the, in that, but we also did grow up with like, like I remember being scared, like, oh crap, like I don't right. have any money probably cause I didn't tie. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like, dang, I'm broke. Like with check to check. My, is it, yeah, my, from my birthday money and that kind of stuff, where it's yeah. like dime or dollar that comes across, you're like trying, which to, is a good principle to teach kids, but in the same right, like you don't want your to, bank account isn't cursed. Like, I've heard right. people say that your bank account is cursed if you don't give to the Lord. Right. Like, what the, come on now, right? But I mean, people actually believe that stuff, and I think pastors as influencers don't really know the power that they have. Well, I, you they know what? They do. Which Take is that why, back. They know they the power that they have. They yeah, know yeah. exactly what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Which is why. And then I th- think about that too. Like you're taught about how you're giving helps to uh, forward the ministry of the gospel and helps to... Um, you know, whatever is going on with your ch- your church, as far as like running the building, paying the staff, that type of thing. You know that your tithes and offerings are going toward those things. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I'm thinking about a lot of different things about how we do church right now, but I just know that, like even in the days of Paul and the early apostles, they weren't necessarily taking up tithes they were living lives where people were like selling all they had, pooling their money. Yeah. It was coexisting others Mm -hmm. debt, and they were meeting in houses. They were in like sustainable places. It wasn't like, right. They were community. They were all give. And then everyone would live off of what everyone gave together. Right. And so I I think that's why Ananias and Sapphira, are those the people that dropped it? Them too. They lied. Right. About, the monies that they had brought in, but they were lying to the Holy Spirit. It's not because they held back some of the money. It was because they lied. And so to me, people use that though, to be like, no, because Peter, Peter told him, he was like, sin lies at the door. He's like, you lied to the Holy Spirit. You could have easily said, you know, we only brought this much. It only sold for this much, or, you know, we kept half, but we're bringing the other half to you. He was like, you're, you weren't obligated to sell your stuff and bring all of it to us. But the fact that you lied, now you're going to pay for that lie. And so I, I just think I was saying that to say, I think about how we do church right now. And some of the things that we're looking to utilize the tithe and offerings for may not necessarily even be what the original intent, you know, is for like, is it more important to have lights on in the church house or to be able to be a blessing to those that are connected to your ministry that are in need that may not have their lights on in their own homes, you know, and how we meet together, how we, uh, you know, fellowship together. I know it's a different time and a different place and everything won't stay the same, but it, I always just think about, you know, would, is this how Jesus would have done church or is how we're doing it correct? And um, some of some of the things, but that's going right. down. But and then um, to to uh, I guess be the av- advocate on the pastor side of things, like the scripture that says, 
will a man rob God? Yeah, you robbed me in tithes and offering. Was it, did Jesus say that? Who said that? It was in Malachi. God said that. So God, God said that. Mm-hmm. Is Mal- right. Ma- Malachi, is that oh. Old Testament or New Testament? It was under the law. Malachi is Old Testament. Lord. Thank you. I mean, it's been a long time since Calvary Academy. I don't know. And he was saying <laughs> for for different reasons. We could go down that rabbit hole. But um, I read something where somebody broke it down really well. But the way that the law was set up, it was able to keep the priests living, priests and the Levites living the way they were the standard of living they were supposed to live and the tabernacles set up the way it was supposed to be set up and the people living in the same way and so in that verse that you refer to god was saying you all haven't been doing what you were supposed to do as far as tithes and offerings and as a result my house is suffering my men and women who take care of that house are are suffering as well how dare you make sure that you're living in lavish houses and homes and eating good food and over here you know the church is falling apart and the priests are unable to sustain themselves so we could talk about that but i want i also i thought it was funny too um, to, to pivot to another point preflo dollar did not say send me your tapes and your books in any sermon I ever taught, and I'll give you a refund. Those things that you bought. I was like, he didn't say he would give them a refund. He just said, throw them away. So he's getting to keep the the profits because of what he sold all many years. I don't know if he should be giving refunds, but he did pretty much come out and say, you know, he was in error. So would he make someone whole if they brought their goods to him he said hey but yo like okay but for him in his world right so we are pastor's kids just for y'all listeners that no we grew up on creflo dollar okay so creflo dollar was like the the advisor to our parents like back in the day they it was fred price and creflo and kenneth copeland okay so that's who my parents watched all the time. And they like really looked up to him in high regard and probably did give into his ministry because their lives were blessed because of the way that he taught. So for him to have like this global presence and, um, you know, the weight that he has for him to step up and say that he was wrong. I, I say mad props to you for, for even (laughs) saying saying that you're wrong like no for real because yeah that it's it's some pastors out here that that their greed outweighs their moral compass and um i i respect him for that at least doing that and then and then doubling back and sticking to his guns and say oh y'all discovered my sermon let me go deeper into it so that you know i can stick even harder and he was like pastors can be mad at me if y'all want to, but I'm, I have to like teach the truth. And, Mm. um, that takes a boldness that I feel like he doesn't care that he's, he's getting slammed. He doesn't care. He's like, I'm going to teach the truth. So of course, no, he's not going to be like, y'all, you know, you guys can have a refund, but 
Um, I do. I do. Right. I might applaud him for that. Yep, and saying what he said because in the circles that he runs, I'm sure it has alienated him from a bunch of folks. So, Mm -hmm. yes, more props to Pastor Cruffalo Dollar denouncing the requirement of the tithe. We're not bound to the letter of the law anymore. No, so that being said, in these last 10 minutes, how far can grace take you, though? So we're no longer under the law. So just so I don't know, me and my sister, I feel like, are more trained up. Like, we kind of know what these things mean. So I want to try to simplify it a little bit for our listeners. But, like, being under the law is, like, how people in Israel were actually held to a standard. Mm -hmm. Just like if you were here in Chicago and they said, you know, you get caught with weed, you go to jail, right? So this was the law for the Israelites um, that was set up for them. So giving and like taking care of their community and all of these things, right? Um, But there were some harsh penalties with that stuff. Like you could die, you could be stoned to death. Mm -hmm. Like when Jesus died on the cross, forgiveness was then a thing. And that wasn't a thing before the... People had to fast and pray and ask God to turn, change his heart in order to get forgiven from the law back in the day. Um, and even then, people held to the law over God sometimes. Like, you know what I mean? So when grace comes into play, man, I used to love grace when I was younger. But I feel like these millennials and, uh, well, I'm a millennial, and the Gen Z generation, like, Grace is all they know. They be like, God is forgiven. God gonna forgive me. Lord, forgive me for saying this. Oh, I know I'm going to hell for saying it. You know what I'm saying? Like little things that we do, like how far does that go? Because I feel like people straight be, I don't know. You got got Meg Thee Stallion and Nicki Minaj and all of them singing gospel songs, which is okay. Jesus did save them too. But (laughs) I mean... No, I think and it goes back to that's why Paul addressed it in Romans. Romans chapter 6, he addressed it and he was saying, you know, should we keep on sinning just because we're under grace? Because we know that we're under grace, should we keep on? And he said, no, of course not. Since, you know, we've come to Christ and in coming to Christ, we're accepting his atonement for our sins how can we continue to live in sin if we know that our sin was so great that Jesus had to die for it? How dare we continue to live in it just because we know he died for it? So it's like almost making a mockery of his his sacrifice. Right. How dare you, you know, especially when you know, they say, you know, to, to whom much is given, much is required. And it's like we know the precious gift of what salvation really truly is and is God himself coming down and becoming man and living a life blameless and then taking all of our blame on himself dying for it going to hell taking back the you know keys from the enemy resurrecting himself 
with you know victory in his hands and then we just turn around and we it's almost like spitting in his face how dare we keep doing these things and like some things are legit struggles some things are legitimate you know we do have to get breakthrough we have to get deliverance from but there's some things where yes god knows your heart and he knows you're being selfish he knows that you're being fleshly no, yeah. i agree Looking, I, I feel so like in some just because you have grace doesn't mean you have a, you get a pass. No, yeah, and I feel like people that love God for real, like, well, some people love God for real and they love having sex for real. Some people love God for real and they love, I don't know, getting high for real. Some people love God and they love getting drunk for real. And so, some things you yes, you do need deliverance, and then some people love God, but they're still holding on to flesh things too. You so, just made me shut my whole mouth because you pulling my cards and all of that. I'm just like, pulling my old cards too. I'm not saying I'm like, but, but that being said, so there's grace for us, right? Like we are, yes, I'm not out grace. here like there is grace. I'm not out here like trying to go to hell. You know, that's the right. most thing I'm the most afraid of is hell. Like, <laughs> I don't, I used to, when I was a kid, I would ask Jesus to come into my heart, like, every day. Um, But I say that to say, with grace, I feel like I'm I'm not the girl that's going to go purposely sin and be like, I know God don't forgive me. Right. But I do feel like some of these people out here feel like they could just have their little five- five minutes with God out of an entire year of just acting a fool. Right. And then be like, well, God gonna forgive me anyway. So, well, that's you know, if you ask for forgiveness and it's oh, like, where's, where's your heart? Like you say, God knows your heart. Are you truly asking for forgiveness or are you asking for a past until the next time you do the same thing? And so you don't want to get turned over. Cause there are, are some, uh, What's the verse? You know, there's some where, you know, you can get to a point where God's like, you know what? You're going to just be doing what you're going to do. Because you're lukewarm. Like, yeah. And then some things, too, you might be saved. You're under grace. And you might be still living the life that you want to live. And then you're going to reap what you're sowing. So you can't experience the fullness of the life that God wants you to have because you're out here doing all these other things. And when you do all those other things, you open up the door for the consequences of all those other things. So you might be opening yourself up to unnecessary stress. You might be opening up yourself to relationships with people that bring on things that you would have never experienced had you not been doing what you were doing. So there's still consequences. So yes, you might be on your way to heaven with all of us having your fun doing what you're doing but if you're going to have your cake you're going to have to eat it too and so there is consequences that come with sin that God tries you know he made a way for us to be shielded from we just have to live our lives in agreement with what it is that he's planned out for us and when we don't do that you know we're we're outside of that covering because we chose to go against what he what he has set up for us so I feel like it's the same with like what Kreppler was saying, like that whole feeling condemned, that guilt, mm-hmm. like I'm trying to, I think that's what grace is. Like, well, come on and bring you, know, you don't have to like feel condemned or terrible. Like you can run to God with your sin and be like, you know what, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm wrong. Like 
I need help. Yeah. <laughs> help and me. Come and come in as you are. <laughs> you're giving it your, whatever too, as far as what it is that you want to give to the Lord. He knows our hearts. And when we're coming joyfully, he knows. And then too, when you're in right relationship, sometimes God will tell you what it is <laughs> that you need to be giving. And it might be a challenge to some of us. But when you know you hear from God, you know, it's not necessarily a tithe. It's what he asked me to give. And it may not be to our church. It might be to the stranger on the street. And we're just looking like, oh, my goodness. But if God is asking that of us, we can't hold hold it back. We have to we have to give. That's great. Great conversation, Lenora. Nice to be back chatting with you. Good to be back. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We will be back weekly for the next few weeks. Hey. Season two. Look out for us. We'll be posting same time next week. So uh, hit subscribe wherever you got this from. So you can uh, make sure you get some. Tell a friend. Share. Share. Yeah, share. Tell a friend. Um, I'm even going to put in our uh, in our section, if you want to leave us a voicemail and give your own opinion, please feel free. Cool. Let, what you're thinking so that we can uh, think about your wisdom as well. <laughs> See you next time.